happy Wednesday, mommy group. Thanks for joining us for another great episode. Um, today we're going to be talking a little bit about sort of transitioning through different phases of our life. Yeah. Talking about transitioning from just being a regular person to a pregnant person. Yeah, I mean, today's episode really isn't called the mommy group pod, it's the Brandy Show. It kind of is. We kind of go into, um, into birth plans and, mm-hmm. and transitioning from being a mom to two. And also two. the dreaded job of sending your kids off to school. When is the right yes. time? How or childcare. Childcare. Yeah, this was a lot of this episode was inspired by one of you, one of our listeners. So thank you so much for sending that to us. Guys, please do follow us on the Mommy Group Pod Instagram page and share this with a friend so we can help spread the word. We really appreciate it. Let's get into it. All right, we're, we're jumping in right off the top because we were just having an off-mic conversation and we're like, wait, 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 wait. Yes. This is this is meaty. So, okay, Brandy, will you explain kind of like what you were just... First of all, we were just yeah. sort of talking about Brandy as she's preparing to be like a mom of two, not just a mom of one, and like how does she mentally... Which there are so many unknowns right now, so yes. I'm already like... It does remind me of when I didn't have Millie and just all the unknowns of like, what's it going to be like when I have one kid? And I, yeah, I basically had asked like some of the things that I forget about that I think it's really common and easy to forget as you progress in your phase of life with your children. Like... Oh, you know, what was like it like? Like a diaper bag. You don't have a exactly. diaper bag anymore. I you have a snack bag, bag exactly. for your kids. Exactly. Or, you know, but I remember very fondly, like, the amount of crap that I had to carry around with me up until the kids were at least even age four, you know? But, like, for me, a big thing that I think about and that I'm trying to be conscious of, as I think we all are, as we are catering to our demo who may be first-time moms, expecting moms, second-time moms, whatever it is, that... You know, what was it like when this? And for me, one of the biggest things I remember for some reason, for me, like having two under two and going grocery shopping with them was such a feat. And it was hard. And then we, we so started yeah, talking so about So yeah, so Ami said that and I was like, nope, oh, that's not really one of my fears. Right. And I asked why. And, and I said, I genuinely feel like a badass being a mom. Like I remember when I, anytime I leave the house with Millie and we go on an adventure, and even if it is just to the grocery store or to Target or the zoo last week, like I thrive on that like I am not intimidated to leave the house with two kids because right now I feel like the baby's gonna be strapped on my chest Millie I know how to handle I have my two hands so I can be hands-free and be with her um so my my stresses of becoming a mom of two are other things like how am I going to maintain my harmony of work and Mm. childcare and figuring out where the other baby is going to be um or just, you know, feeling like I'm going to be tethered to the baby because I plan on nursing. And even if you don't nurse, you're going to be feeding the baby every two right. hours. There was and some... you need to give that attention Well, to well that's the baby. exactly what I was trying to then say, which is like, that's great that it makes you feel powerful. And I'm not trying to, you know, no. like, uh, what's the Burst word? that bubble. Burst that bubble or kind of take any wind out of your sails. It's that the reality is, is those kinds of things actually do play a big part because... It's those small moments of especially having the two kids under two where right now Millie is your everything. And like you were saying, you don't put Millie in positions where she's Yeah, wait, will you explain that? Because that was something that I thought was super interesting. Okay, so let me just say something to what Ami said. So the the whole thing of like having two kids and just how it's probably going to be a shit show, like I'm ready for... That's not my fear. Like, my fear is, like, that's just part of motherhood. Like, there's going to be meltdown. There's going to be hard days. You're going to take it as it comes. Yeah, like, I'm not worried about the logistics of that. So one thing that I said to the girls, and if you guys follow me on Instagram, I talk about this a lot, I don't put Millie in situations that she shouldn't have to be in because of something that I'm doing in my life. And then I said, like what? Yeah, so an example of that is I would never go to Target for two hours 
to source ingredients for a shoot with Millie because that's not her job. Her job is not to be my PA, my production assistant, and sit in a car and be a good girl and help mommy shop. It but just is what, but, but, but then my reaction to that is like, let's say we do have a listener that is a single mom that is in the same work of you know, field of work that you're in and has no other choice because she can't go at night when her partner is home. Right. So when I go to World Market, because I work with them a lot and I'm there like two hours, I try to set us up for success so that when Millie is with me, I have her snack bag. Like it's almost a full on adventure travel day because she, you know, she, and I just go in with the mind frame of knowing that it's going to take longer. I let her push her own cart. I let her take things off the shelf. Like I then decide that that two hour thing that would have only taken me, you know, again, two hours, well, two hours, even if it takes me two hours, it's going to take us maybe three or longer because I will stop what I'm doing so that she can pretend that she's shopping and I will push a cart to the front because she wants to put it away. I mean, I do those things. So it ends up becoming a full day task. And then I might stay up till midnight working on emails and, and posts because I want to be the hands on mom that looks at my child and is like, okay, in development, you are almost two years old. So this is what you are experiencing. And this is how you should be exploring the world. And, you know, your job is to have fun. Your job is to have fun and be a toddler I and just, explore. There's also the reality, though, of being a part of something bigger than yourself. She's your daughter. You have a, a life and a career that's separate from mm-hmm. her. And she, to me, and that's what I find really interesting. Like, I... Knowing you, this all like I get like I get it, and it all makes like perfect yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. And knowing me, you know that my insides are like jumping up and down. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because to me, I'm just like, if if I have to go to the market yeah. to get stuff, you're gonna your job me. right now is to help mom yeah. be a good part of this family, be a productive member of this family. Sit here. You, if we're gonna try to do it in 45 minutes, we're gonna try to do it in 45 minutes. You want to look at 75 things? You don't get to look at 75 things. That's not why we're here. Not everything is about you and this precious experience of you. Well, Sometimes actually, we just gotta go to the store. Brandy, this <laughs> actually brings back. I let her do everything. That's the thing. No, like, but it goes back to the whole great. ER doc from our last episode with the ER doc. Like it's almost you're you know you're kind of going back on what you said before, which was that like you you did agree with her, right? With saying that. Or you were kind of like, did you say that you did agree with her or that you didn't agree with her? So but you guys listened to like, the last episode. mutually exclusive. Yeah. That yeah. the two topics okay. This mother exclusive. said that if you believe being a mom is the most important job right. in the world, then you must. So she may, you know, you must think that your child is the most important person right. in the world. I still think being a mother is the most important job in the world. Okay. But and you I, just you don't, don't agree with her. So you did agree And my with job her. is right. to teach Millie. Right. And she does help me with grocery shopping. I mean... If you guys watch me on Instagram, you know, I ask her every morning what she wants for breakfast. I let her crack an egg. I take time. I put my life, because again, this is something that I plan on doing at least until she's in school full time. Right. There's just so many lessons that I want to teach her and her to experience. That means I sacrifice self-care, career time, because I want her to do this. And I completely commend you for that, because I know a lot of women that wouldn't sacrifice the other things. It takes patience. It It totally takes patience. And and I hope you don't think that, like, I'm coming at you in a way that's bursting your bubble again. Like, First of all, you're stuck with me. We're mom friends. (laughs) Forever. (laughs) But I'm just more saying it in in that frame of mind of, like, I had a different vision of what things were gonna be like, and they so weren't that way, right? Because I think sometimes you expect like, oh, it's going to be this way. This was this was it with one, and this is what's going to be like with two. And again, though, it's I think exactly what that thing, um, that comment from the last episode too, where like someone comes at you and is like, oh, this is only with one child. Wait till you yeah. have two. It's like 
F you, like we are all going through our own phase, our own way. And who knows, maybe I will be able to manage two or three kids, every subsequent kid perfectly fine according to your standards and maybe I won't maybe I'll be a complete you know well that's why motherhood should be your own personal journey and so I think a lot of the reason why I felt this way before I had Millie and feeling confident calm excited is because I have had mommy friends I have learned so much from for decades I mean my sister's been a mom for 10 years I have a really close girlfriend of mine who has two kids and the other day she was talking about transitioning one kid from two naps to one And how it has really become, you know, it takes a village because now the mother-in-law is picking up the older child so that she can really nail down this nap time. I mean, I know that there's going to be a lot of challenges and hurdles, uh, but I just feel good that I'm going to be able to do those with my husband, like react to how much, what my child needs. Um, And I think that's just part of parenthood. Like it's part of life. You're just going to have to go with it. And I have a very like go with the flow kind of, you know, like I'm going to do as much as I can, but I don't want to ever control or think I have this plan of right. how it's going to work and be precious. Um, but my attitude is very positive about parenting. Which so is great. it should be. Surprise if, if you don't follow me on Instagram. It's, no, that's how it should be. <laughs> no, that's exactly, I think that's that's the, exactly as it should be. And, and that's the thing is I just think like kids are so resilient they really can bend and, f- and sort of flow with you as you need them to. They can adjust to you. And as long as I, I feel like as long as the pillars of like love and support and playfulness and joy and those things are there, it's like every experience, every, every challenge is still all kind of wrapped up in that fun and that love and that joy and that support because it's not always going to be easy, but like if they've got those people around them who love them, then everything is, it's just not all that serious. And I think something you would appreciate orally, because I know, (laughs) I I feel like I can feel like your blood boiling a little bit. (laughs) It's like, for example, so Millie came with me to set until she, I mean, she came with me to New York for two weeks. So we've flown to New York by ourselves together. So she comes with me to work and do a lot of things. Again, there is a part of me that's like, man, she would really be having a lot more fun in music class than in this green room waiting for mommy to work. But what I make sure is that the environment that I put her in, she's still enjoying herself. She's safe. She has all the basic needs. So her diaper is changed. She has her snack bag. She's around positive people. So yeah, there's lots of times where she's doing things where necessarily like a kid wouldn't be having fun, but she doesn't know. I mean, she's still having fun. She's with you. Where she is. Yeah, she's with mom. So yeah. Yeah, I'm not I, all that crazy. No, I listen. I, I, and I think that's actually what's really good because I think if the three of us had the exact same views, this would be such a boring right. experience. Not only for the three of us because I think you've pushed me a lot. Like I, it's opened my eyes to certain things. You've really you have. You're laughing, but it's true. No, and I was sure, thinking of the text the other day. What I made? I Orly was having a rough day, and I gave her a text. Oh my god! And she said you made me cry, and I said, Oh my god, I'm getting wait, to your soul. What was it? <laughs> yeah, I was having a really tough day. I, I ended up sharing it on like the mommy group Insta page, which, by the way, I felt I I don't I didn't anticipate this, but like when I'm feeling overwhelmed about things that are mom related, it feels like a safe place to go there because it's like if you followed that page, it's because you care about this stuff. So I'm not annoying you with my mominess, like that's why you're on that page. So it's felt like as a opposed real, to your traditional followers yes. that know you as a TV host and a DIY guru, exactly. And some of those people don't. They don't care about, yeah. you know, kind of, so it felt, it felt like a really safe place. So I went on and I was talking about, I was feeling incredibly overwhelmed, like really anxious, kind of like that shortness of breath and what, what my week was like. And 
Brandy texted me just like the sweetest, I'll pull it up, like just like the sweetest text. And it really did, like when I read it, just like the support of it, like made me cry because it just like in that moment, I needed it. And she wrote, I wish we lived closer and I could help you out today. Connor and Mills would have the best time together. Take some deep breaths. You've got this. You can only control what you can control. That is so sweet. And it really did, like in the moment, it really did make me feel better. So Mm -hmm. the the point being that this, us having different views on things and looking at things from a different perspective is not only good for us, but I think it's good for everyone listening. It is so healthy. you can find that you can still be a loving, supportive parent in all different ways. There's not one way to do it. And if I were to feel insecure by looking at Brandy doing it her way, that would be an injustice to the harmony I have found with my family and the way that I do it. And Ami, the same for you. So I just think like, I like it and I like when we get like excited and heated about it because Uh it's still coming from such a place (laughs) of respect. Like I respect your way of doing things mm-hmm. so much even though none of it would have ever crossed my mind yeah like yeah. sometimes you say things that I, I i need you to clarify because i'm like i don't even understand what you're talking about <laughs> right and then you clarify and i'm like oh i think it's I great it. mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah I, I do think it's great and i and again i think it's one of those things where it's amazing when you can have healthy conversations with different viewpoints because again more than anything it just teaches us how to think differently yes. and 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 accept Again, like you said, I'm just reiterating what you guys said, so I don't need to do that again. So, okay, so the transition to becoming a mom of uh, one to two has been huge. You know, those are kind of the things I've been going through and thinking about. But um, last weekend, we had our hypnobirthing intensive course. So, uh, a lot of you know that I had a natural water birth, unmedicated water birth, and it was really a great experience. I'm so grateful. My birth partner, Millie, and my birth partner, my husband, um, it was just so great. So... I'm continuing that positive train of thought and affirmations with baby number two. But what I love so much about my hypnobirthing instructor and our doula and our midwife is that they are, they cover all aspects of what could happen and how, you know, sometimes people say, oh, the second time you have a baby, they're going to fly out. Well, that's not always the case. I mean, our bodies are so incredibly smart and um, just to go off on, on why I believe this so much and I'm so open to however this baby's meant to come into the world is that I met a woman who had an amazing quick swift birth and then her cervix shut and her placenta would not come out. Oh so they had to immediately transfer her from the birth center to the hospital and, um, and she had to stay the night in the hospital and the doctors even suggested that the baby stay at home with the dad oh. because, you know, she was going to be in, uh, you know, um, yeah, incubated or whatever for a couple hours and just so out of it. So our bodies are so amazing. Like yeah. there's always a reason why, you know, your body um, decides to do things. And, and I think that's why trusting our gut is the most powerful tool we can ever have. So um, I could talk about birth for hours, but I just wanted to bring up the fact that, you know, we're taking these hypnobirthing classes and we're Can you we're explain preparing. what that is? What is oh, hypnobirthing? Okay. okay, so hypnobirthing is using the power of your breath to control uh, your body and using the power of your mind to control how you react to stress. So hypnobirthing in, involves a lot of kind of hypno, hypnosis, but um, using using visualization techniques. Is that supposed to help with pain management? Like your so like- in hypnobirthing, we don't even call it pain. It's more just like sensation or just the waves of a contraction. Sometimes it's a scientific thing. So for me, I was going to say, was this, this, and I don't mean this in uh any, I don't want the negative connotation to be there. I read, remember when like uh, John Travolta and his wife um, were, were having births. They were Scientologists at the time Uh and they, they did something similar, but it was one of those things where like, even when the coach is there or her midwife or whatever you call it, it's like they couldn't 
uh, if she was going through pain, it wasn't like you you weren't supposed to express the way you're like you couldn't scream. It was more like you're you're almost like breathing through it. So I yes. Yeah, so I don't okay. know the whole John Travolta okay. thing. And anytime I hear anything about I know, Scientology like, or something like that, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, what? No, no I just thought that no. was so intriguing. Whatever it is, is not the same. Yeah. No, obviously. So when I was in active labor with Millie, yeah, I know I sounded just like this. I never screamed or yelled or made noises. It really it was the power of my breath. Another thing that they teach in in the course, which I love, is that Every time your body is contracting, it's rotating the baby down. That is a scientific thing. That is what a contraction is. A natural contraction. Um, everything I'm talking about is, is natural, unmedicated, because things are different. Things happen to your body differently when you are on Pitocin or mm. you have an epidural. Um, so during a natural birth experience, every contraction is your uterus contracting and rotating that baby down. So yeah, there are, there are te techniques to... Um, you know, to, to deal with the, the rotations, the contractions. We Got call it. them waves in hypnobirthing mm -hmm. because there's this beautiful space between a wave. Like you, if you guys are imagining the ocean, you know, a wave comes up, it comes down, and then there's this beautiful stillness. In a natural, unmedicated birth, there is a space, and sometimes it's as long as a minute, when you're in active labor where you don't feel anything, yeah. your body, that's your chance to recover. That's why you guys read these crazy stories about women falling asleep in labor. Because I have and I'm going to continue to train my body to, as soon as my contraction is done, relax so deeply that my body can just recover and I can just kind of melt down and sink down and, and loosen everything so that when my body's ready for another contraction, you know, I have the stamina and so forth. Um, I'm very lucky that I had a really great experience. So I'm really excited for birth. Yeah. Like it's something that I look forward to. I can't wait um, Will Millie be there the second time? Yes. Okay. So, so that because like so, how do you do that when you're? What if she's like, Mama, Mama? Like when? Yeah. You're... So that's what. So that's some of the logistical things that we talked about this weekend because you know I've already have my vision board and I have all my words and affirmations and my husband wow. knows my counter contraction and and all the different. Um, what does that mean? Signals. So he he has certain massage techniques that he can use on me oh. to counter the the feeling so of the contraction. So he's gotta be like super into this too. That's pretty yeah. insane. That's pretty awesome. And I mean though. I couldn't have done it without Mr. Right. A. And even just there's certain things where you can go through either colors or numbers but there's ways to kind of it's a muscle memory thing it's muscle memory and mind and and for me it's mind body soul where um he can say things and do things um you know like tap my shoulder and so forth that will immediately get my body to relax more the biggest thing guys and you everyone listening knows this when you're tied up here in your temples in the middle of your eye you're tied everywhere else you know, and, and to have a baby, you have to be loose and open and ready to deliver a child. So See, that's interesting because I come from a C-section world. Like, mm -hmm. my son was breech, so my first Rion was um, breech. And I, I want to bring this up, too, just because I think it's interesting, one, for all the first-timer parents or expecting moms. Um, you know, I remember going into it. I was, I thought, I, I was almost, not embarrassed, I felt like I had to justify why I was getting a C-section, because yeah. I'm from LA, I was going to Cedars, mm -hmm. and everyone's like, oh, you're like one of those Hollywood moms, and I'm like, no, actually, my son is breech, and I'm trying everything I can to, and turn him, so you know, and my own. I even say that. I By the way, at the end of your pregnancy, your baby can't move, there's no space. Well, no, I know, but you know, so the thing is. So it's hard to, you know, well, if a baby is not facing down it's at not the end, down. it's very hard yeah. to get them. Well, to flip also, around. I think I think in most of the, at least when I was get when I was pregnant with my first, the you know books and stuff were very much 
towards like if you can do vaginal but if you can't then fine do c-section mm-hmm. and I remember even my mom who had both me and my brother both c-section as well was like you should try doing vaginal I was like mom you had c-section too and she's like I know I know but I just don't feel like I, I did it the proper way without I wish I would have been able to experience that once because that's the right way of doing it and I remember mm-hmm. I felt really guilty about it that's not nice and then I my OB was kind of finally like you know what the baby like there's a reason why he's turned. You know, yeah. there's something in there. So, like, let it be and do the procedure. And so it was a planned C-section. I ended up even going in a week earlier because uh, with C-section, you go in two weeks prior to when your due date is. And I went in even earlier. So I think it was, like, 36 weeks. And I went in and, oh, my gosh, it was I, – I now think about it. I'm like, gosh – it's just as difficult. I mean, all pregnant, oh. all birth. Oh my gosh, right? like, the it's recovery is a, it's a, major a surgery. surgery. It's a major so surgery. So before I met Mr. A, I think I just kind of thought I'd like schedule C-section. I mean, I really mean that. Like, it's a it's it's a safe surgery when when you choose it, not emergency C-section. I'm talking about when you have an elective and you choose it, and your body is capable of doing that. I kind of was like open to doing that just because I've had back surgeries, and I just thought, oh my gosh, like the fear of like delivering a baby out your hoo-ha was just like, oh my God. But um, I have had way too many women in my life, including my sister and some of my best friends who have had amazing natural births that it was almost too much to... Wait, when you say natural, do you mean vaginal? Unmedicated or, okay. vaginal births. Okay. Yeah. They, they were The stories were just too incredible. I just couldn't ignore it. And then as I've mentioned, Mr. A works in medical sales. So he actually met our midwife before we were pregnant and said, babe, you know, we want to start a family soon. Um, I know you mentioned this once because your sister did it. Like, if you're open to it, I think you need to meet this woman. And I met Simona at the Natural Birth Center across from Cedars in LA. And I just knew that that was something. If my body, again, you have, you cannot have any pre-existing conditions. Oh, there goes that house phone of mine. <laughs> there goes that landline from hey, 1994. Which I'm thinking about getting because my signal is horrible oh, no, at my house. Exactly. Not <laughs> no bueno. Um. And so that was that was cool because that was how I made that decision. And by the way, the birth center that I go to, the, the midwife that I work with, the doula that I have a great relationship with, all of them are very open-minded to anything. Wait, there can I ask you a so question? Many... Did you, before going into this, because you said that before meeting Mr. A, you were very comfortable and you thought that you yeah. might have gone through a plan C section. Were you at all phased by the fact that your partner, who's a man who can never carry a child was presenting you with an ID option of like doing this, you know, more of like a natural birth situation? Or... Well, no, I had brought up the natural birth. Oh, okay. He just met the okay, midwife. So, so he was, he like, was very anti-natural birth. Got he it. thought that okay. was bonkers. Why wouldn't you just be in a hospital? We right. live in an amazing first world country. Uh, yeah, and then when he met her, he said, okay, maybe I get it. Uh, but I just, I need to say this disclaimer. I love that everyone that I've ever came in contact with, with hypnobirthing and natural unmedicated vaginal births, they are very much still, just like a lot of you, whatever's healthiest for baby and mama. Yeah. So um, yeah. at the center that I go to, I actually met people that took hypnobirthing courses that had planned C-sections because they still wanted to learn techniques to relax their body and mind when they are about to have a surgery. Um, and, and definitely there's women that take hypnobirthing that are planning an epidural because guys, a lot of times you're laboring at home yeah. and it's like, how do you even adjust or, you know, I don't know, uh, deal with that when you're not at the hospital yet and you haven't gotten the drugs. So um, I, I do love that I'm surrounded by people that are very non-judgmental and um, Wait, can we talk about just, the Millie thing real yes. quick? So, so when she's Oh, so there, Millie, so Millie. So the first talking time. to you and you're trying to be quiet, how does that work? 
So we do have a couple of people um, on hold as far as when we go to the birth center, if, you know, Millie, if someone can come with us so that they're with her kind of like in the living room area. So the way the birth center is set up, it looks like a hotel suite. So I will be having my baby in a bathtub if I make it there on time or if I feel like it. Uh, and then there's a bed and a couch and so forth. So it's almost like a hotel room. And in my mind, because this is what my sister did and because I just keep visualizing the same birth I had with Millie, is I labored at home, we left the house, I got to the birth center and had my baby 10 minutes later. Oh my gosh. That obviously is a very unicorn birth. <laughs> and we were home within two and a half hours. But this baby um, could either come quicker or slower. There's a lot of incredible things that happen to your body that the baby might not want to come as quickly. Um, I also did not call my midwife or doula when I should have because I felt so good. I felt um, like I was still in the early stages of labor. So this time coming around, we've talked about, okay, as soon as there's any sign, you know, maybe yeah. my water doesn't break like last time because only two in 10 women actually have water that actually Mine never breaks. broke, yeah. With, yeah. Either, with either delivery. Sometimes the doctor has to break it or it doesn't happen until right before you're pushing or sometimes the baby's born in the amniotic sac. So we've talked about who is going to help us with Mills when we go to the birth center because I do plan on her coming with us. But more importantly, which I was so thrilled that Nina of the Soulful Birth brought up, how are you go how are you preparing Millie for when you're in active labor? So have you practiced like the sounds you're gonna make with her so that she knows mommy's okay? Um, I actually think Millie will be a good distraction for me when I'm in transition and I'm breathing and my maybe my eyes are closed or I want to bounce on my ball or I'm doing like horse lips, which is breathing in and just kind of like letting your your breath really exhale, exhale forcefully through your lips. Um so we've been doing that. We've been like preparing her for the active labor part. So I've been talking to her all the time about when mommy's having the baby, um, you know, this is how I'm going to be. I might not answer you. Again, she's yeah. 23 months old, but she is absorbing all of this, you guys. I'm telling you. It's really we interesting. We practice in the morning. We practice at night. It's great that you're preparing her so she's not scared at all. Yeah. That yeah. like you are acting different than you normally act and that mm -hmm. that can spook her in the middle spook you and then you'll be worried about like it's so great that you're if she's going to be there you're that you're going through what those that. things are going to be. I think be. that's interesting so interesting because obviously for me one uh, you know my oldest couldn't even be in the room when I was having a c-section mm -hmm. the second time around which was elective um two I don't even think I treated it like that like I just think it's interesting that you're making her as such a part of the process for yeah, me it was cool. very much like I didn't want him to feel neglected in any way and I knew I was going to be in a position where I'm not going to be able to mm -hmm. because I'm going to be gone through surgery so I in actively recovery. had him right with the grandparents and then he came the day she was born and then he went back home with them and then when we were released that's when we saw him you know what I mean like at the house and yeah I mean I'm so, so I'm so grateful and again I, I hope and I plan on having the same experience I mean I even have been visualizing the time of day what it feels like it's overcast when I'm in labor. I mean, I really have been thinking all of this through. And then Millie, uh, we've started packing her bag. So I have like a hospital birth center bag with all my snacks and my robe and the baby's clothes. So I had Millie help me pack that one. And then she has her own. So she packed her bag. She's come with me to every prenatal appointment, every ultrasound. She knows the team there. They're very open. 
Uh, yeah, so this is definitely something that we've talked about a lot because it's going to be such a big day and I want her to be a part of it. I'm so excited. First, <laughs> first of all, I'm so excited for you mm-hmm. just because it all sounds so magical, but I'm so excited to hear how everything goes. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. selfishly, yeah. I just can't wait to be like, so what I happened? Know. I know. Because like you're saying, you have all these beautiful plans and I'm sure it is going to be exactly like Millie's was but like I wonder if there's any like funny things that you didn't anticipate silly moments that you like I just like I can't wait to hear well even just like practicing being in a bathtub and knowing that she can't get in with mommy and knowing that sometimes the water might be murky I mean we've talked about this we're going to do some role playing but guys you know what's interesting and I just want to say it now this baby's so different and all siblings are right everyone says that and the moms that are listening that have two or more you know what I mean This baby in utero, our relationship is so interesting. We don't, again, we don't know if we're having a boy or a girl. We're having a boy. (laughs) This baby is so active, and the way that this baby communicates with me is totally different than Little Amazing. So um, I've actually had these weird feelings, which again, I'm like so positive. I don't even listen to the noise, but I've actually keep thinking that this baby wants to come sooner, Mm. which is interesting because we don't want baby to come too soon. Mm -hmm. You know, I know Ami just said she was at 36 weeks. Full term is 37 to 42. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, we also only know guesstimated um, conceived dates unless you had like IVF or something. So you know, there is that window at 37 weeks to even 42. Like, I could be having a Leo baby. But um, we don't want baby to come too soon because if they come too soon, we will have to go to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so definitely, uh, guys, thanks for listening to me go on yeah. and on about birth. Wow, we're 28 <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> Woo! I know. No, All right. Um, this is the Brandy Birth Show. By the way, if so really quick, when I did go through birth with Millie, I was talking just like this, and I'm not being silly. I was very much talking normal. Normal. Yeah, that's how I was. With and those. Mr. A was very unsure. No one had checked me if I was dilated, if it was time to go. But I'm so bummed that I wasn't able to do a little BTS during <sighs> Mills because I didn't know I was that far along. So, guys, I am planning on documenting wow. my birth on Instagram and in video so I can create like an IGTV episode. Amazing. We should do that. You know, I have I, my husband who is the, you know, blogger that he should have been. <laughs> should he go to the birth? He, well, no. He he took video of our my C-section. Mm-hmm. He took everything. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, sir, put that away. That mm-hmm. is one of the coolest things. So my sister's a family, an incredible, like, family photographer. Beautiful pictures. And she was at, obviously, both of my births. And the photos that we have are, like... The video, you know, video. my mom took video and it's all like cell phone video right. and all those things are absolutely amazing and so emotional to watch. But like some of those photos that I look back on, like when like I'm pushing and like I was unaware of anything else that was going on and like Mike, I can see Mike like with his hand on my forehead, like kissing my forehead or like looking down in these moments where you're like, oh my God, like how connected you are in that moment and all right. the things that oh, are happening. I need to do you, this. I haven't hired a birth yeah. photographer. Oh my gosh, you have yeah, to do it. No, it's I so freaking cool to look back at those pictures and and it, and of really course cool. they can be shot and the hospital, in any way that time, you want. Oh, actually, well, so birthing center, but like a lot of times like the hospital that you're at actually provides the services too. Yeah, if you want, if you want it. One. But I don't know how it is with the birthing center. Anyway, okay. that was uh, interesting. Let's interesting. move on. We actually want to move on right now to um, one of you guys who follows, uh, listens to the podcast and also follows us on Instagram. And her name is Bridget Carson. Hi, Bridget. Hi. Um, so we really appreciated this. She sent us a, a letter, a, 
uh, message rather on mm-hmm. Instagram. And she started off saying like how she started listening to the podcast, which is really awesome. Um, and then she said, I was wondering if you all could do a podcast episode soon or closer to school about how you all dealt with sending your kids to school for the first time. For the ones who have children old enough or even daycare, I'm finding it ridiculously hard to imagine turning my daughter over for someone I don't know to take care of her for eight hours a day. I'm a mess just thinking about it. So I'm not sure how I'm actually going to do this, how it's going to go. I would love to hear how other mom has handled it. And we just, we just all thought that it was such an interesting conversation because we're talking a little bit today about just kind of like transitioning from one phase to another. Um, us as parents, our kids are just like our relationships, all these different things. It is, I totally get it. I think it's like, it's stressful just because it's the unknown, mm-hmm. right? Like I felt that fear when, when Connor was born, when he was about two or three months old, I had a TV show that I was filming in New York. So we needed a full-time nanny that could come into the house to be there on the days even that I was home, but then also, um, cause I was still working, but then also help on a, in a bigger way and stay there when I was going to be in New York. Right. So we started off with a nanny and then when Connor, we waited a while cause some people put their kids in preschool super early. We decided to wait. I think Connor went into preschool at maybe three and a half or something like that. And, and Blake was still, she was like a year then at that point, right? Blake was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we finally did put him into like a school, you for us what we did is we just like read a lot of reviews. Were, are, the, are the people there like loving and kind? Because I was like, it's preschool. It's glorified finger painting. Well, like, Bridget, I think that everyone's I a pedophile. Oh my God. And I... Why would you Brandy. say something like that? <laughs> Not everyone, but I... No, I, I just want to say when I read your DM, I have been there. Even finding childcare for Millie was debilitating, paralyzing for me. All I can say is it gets better with time. Yeah. And not just reviews, but you have to meet these people yeah, and trust your course. gut instincts. Tour the childcare centers. Um, talk to other moms. Like the way that I found the two women that care for Millie Word is by talking to other moms, getting referrals, but trusting your gut. You know, meeting these people and being like, you know, is this immediately, you know, am I getting good vibes or not? Instinct yeah. is everything. Don't put your, you know, put keep your guard up. And also, like, if you're a nice person, like, I'm a very, I feel like I'm a very nice person, naive at sometimes. You know, yeah. when that's the case, it's like when your kids are at hand, it's like there's no such thing. The mama bear comes out with everything. But I also think the biggest thing, more so than even Yelp reviews, talking to people who are like-minded also, that are like you and that child rear similarly to you or who you think you're going to child rear like, those are the people I talk to and see where they went for school and like who you guys opted for for childcare. Like for us, me and you were similar, Orly, in that we had both yeah. pretty close together. Rion was turning two before me. They're 18 months apart. So as soon as he turned two, I put him in school. Right. I was like, I, it, yeah, it was too much. much. So I put him in school right away, and there was no, like, half days, nothing. I put him in. He was went to a Montessori, which I really liked the school and the way it, uh, I liked the Montessori. At, at what age? At two. Okay. He went at two o'clock full time, eight to or nine to three o'clock. Every day. And for some, that's crazy. For them, they're like, oh my gosh. But to me, the way I looked at it was that I felt like I was going to have that mom guilt where I wasn't going to be able to give him my full 100%. And I was like, I'd rather him be close by, which is why we moved to the community we're in now because we knew this. it's a very tight-knit community, great yeah. schools, all that kind of stuff. And so it's why we sent him at an early age. But I know some people that look at it and they're like, oh, how could you send him at two years old? And I was like, I don't know. And it I think you know, if us. you have the luxury of doing baby steps, and I mean like just having you know friends or family watch your child, because I'm not sure what your situation is, but it sounds like this is going to be a huge leap for you. 
And you even said eight hours, so I'm guessing that maybe baby hasn't been away from you for longer than a couple hours or so forth. So I think a lot of it is even baby steps with your significant other or with some family or friends because so much of it is us. You know, like, baby's going to be fine. Your yeah, baby is so going to be yes. cared for and Our loved. Fears. And, like, I love the relationship that Millie has with other people. It's so great. She learns so much from them. And all of the all of what you're providing to her to be in that social environment with all these amazing teachers that, you know, that is their job is to teach your child. So I think a lot of it is just taking the focus away from you and realizing that a lot of it is, is the way we feel, right? how insecure we are, you know, but our child is going to feel great and safe. And as soon as it starts to become something that's normal, like a day to day norm, she's going to, she or he is going to be thriving. That's why I also think about ripping the bandaid off is better than just slow. For me, it's more about like just putting them in full time versus like the slow, like, let me send you three days, three hours a day. I will say like the one thing that I did not uh, anticipate that was a lot harder than I thought was just in the beginning because it's change and it's new. And I'm sure not every kid is like this, but Connor and Blake definitely were. The hysterical shrieking, crying when you drop them off. And you just have to remind yourself... They're about to have like the best day of their life. Didn't like, their teachers call you and tell you right after, oh, like, oh, five minutes later, they're yeah, fine. they're fine. They put on a bit of a show for you. Right. They try to kill you. They're smart little <laughs> buggers. They know what they're doing. They're gonna make you feel awful. You're gonna hysterically cry in your car. But you just have to know they're off to have like the most fun day ever with their friends and painting and playing in the little pool and coloring and doing these great things. You're not dropping them off somewhere dangerous yeah you're not where they're going to be you're not doing that and you know you're not doing that because you've done the research you've talked to people you know it's a great place you know they're about to have a blast so don't get too caught up in the emotion of it it is hard because it just seems sad to to go through that emotional experience every day but it goes away and and I think it varies for some kids but I think the schools always say it's somewhere between like five like one week and two weeks that you know each kid takes a different amount of time to to go out of it but now it's like my kids get out of the car Connor runs into his class he's like meet me in my class mom and runs off they have such a freaking blast and they love it and that's I mean, what you want and you'll get there I feel the same way even I, I feel like that's with every phase you know no matter how old Just or how little time. they are like my daughter had her first recital pictures not even her performance and I was like crying as though she was going to prom and I'm like what is my problem because everybody does this right yeah. everybody's gone through this we've all been through recitals we've all done this and I was just like oh yeah where are you going and I was like I'm crazy but also sometimes it just takes baby steps from you Bridget so for example I, I saw that you wrote that you know you don't even know these people as soon as you know them and connect with them it it could almost be instant that you're just going to trust them yeah yeah like the moment that we met miss karen who watches millie my husband and i were just like okay this is this is our lady like it was just i immediately was like you know what that i'm giving all of my trust to you and that's just the end of it i remember like the third time that she came to get mills and millie climbed into her stroller and was like bye like to me like bye mom i'm good that's how we um, felt too. We did. We yeah. used care.com. I know mm-hmm. um, everyone uses something different. Again, this is not for a daycare, but this was for just childcare when we needed a nanny. We did daycare. I mean, uh, care.com found like five amazing people to the point that like we met with one. We're like, well, she's going to be it, but I guess we have to finish off these interviews. <laughs> met with the next one. We're like, oh crap. I kind of think maybe she's it. By the time we were done, we wanted all five. They yeah. were all incredible. Great references. Super sweet. And again, Connor at the time was only like three months old. So we, I handed Connor to them the minute they walked in to see like, 
how they yes. handled Connor. And it, you know, it's that it's that you can sense when someone's been around a million babies and the comfort, the way they hold them, that sort of strength and that confidence. They're not holding them like they're delicate. Mm-hmm. They're like they've got them, you know. So uh, really, just. Don't, please don't worry. Trust your gut. It's all going to be completely fine and you're doing the right thing because they're going to, their mind is going to grow. They're going to be around other kids. They're going to be put in new environments. It's going to be fantastic. I think for me, when um, I started working away from Millie or when I went on these quick trips overnight to New York and I live here in LA, my biggest stress was actually just, uh, Figuring out how I was going to continue breastfeeding. Oh my gosh. I know. I can't. Because, I can't. oh my goodness, it is so much work. Oh my God. To makes me pump sweat and about feed it. and just, you know, and then also work and then f- figure out a way to freeze the breast milk and transport it back home and make sure baby has enough. And also keeping in mind that what's really beautiful about breast milk is that it changes its formula based on what baby needs and just making sure that Millie was How getting all the... How long did you guys mo- all breastfeed for or nurse for? I did about six months. Okay, for both of them? Uh, Yeah, it was a little shorter for Connor, not intentionally though. It was like a super awful emotional experience. I was the same. I was traveling to New York. I was flying so much. He was coming with me a lot and I just couldn't keep up with pumping. I didn't want to be an inconvenience to the production. I didn't want to step away as often as I should have. So I was in a lot of pain. I had like marbles in my freaking oh. boobs. So bad. And I dried up a lot faster than I wanted. And I had really planned on doing this. And like, it's so weird to me because I'm so not this mom. Like, I had this whole plan with the breastfeeding and weaning and doing this thing. And and, and I didn't think I was going to care, but I did get caught up in it for sure. And that's an oppress- emotional attachment. Not to say yeah. that one way is right or wrong, but yeah. it's an emotional I got, attachment that you have with I got child. caught up yeah. for sure. So, so I really <laughs> wanted. She got caught up, I did. Guys. I really did. And I did not. So I wanted to be able to like wean them. So introduce the formula and then add a little bit of breast milk and sort of do you this little process. And I remember we were in New York. I was staying at my brother-in-law's apartment in the city and we got back and he was screaming his head off he was so hungry he wouldn't towards the end he really only wanted the bottle he kind of stopped nursing towards the end unless it was the middle of the night and he wouldn't nurse and I was trying to pump and he was screaming and I remember this is just one of those stories we walked in Craig had just gotten two puppies the dogs crapped all over the house (gasps) and I was like first of all it it smells like crap it's all over the house they put toilet paper everywhere I went in the bathroom brought Connor in the bathroom they closed the door they were yapping outside Connor wouldn't nurse I couldn't get any milk from the pump I was sitting on the toilet like unconsolable hysterically crying like in that moment where I was like so alone the baby was and I just looked it was the saddest thing I strapped Connor to me I walked across the street and I bought some like store-bought formula Mm -hmm. from like that I didn't know anything about I hadn't researched it I didn't know whether it was good I didn't know if it had chemical I didn't know anything and I remembered making the bottle and giving it to him and it was honestly like it feels the biggest stu- weight probably lifted no, up your shoulder. No, no, you I was guilty. fucking devastated. Oh, and no. it is so embarrassing when I think about it now because even still, like I could cry thinking about it. I still feel that way. Like it broke my heart because I'm like, I struggled so hard to nurse. And I, I mean, it was, nursing wasn't a struggle, but I did it so much longer than my like schedule permitted. And I really was inconvenienced by it, but I did it, but I did it. And I wanted so badly to make the next transition a really well thought out mm-hmm. one and well researched. And it was just like, just what happened. does Gristides carry? And yeah. it was like Infamil or whatever the hell it is. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And like, I just felt like it was like, it took 
me. I didn't get to make the choice. Right. I was like, and well, this is what you're you doing. Guys, and is, I felt like crap. But this is what we talked about even when, when we first started this conversation. And just sometimes we we can be as thought out as we want yeah. and as prepared. And oh. even in our own heads, right, have this idea of how things are going to go down. And motherhood just gets in the way and it does what it's going to do. Did you find it easier then the second time around with Blake that you were able to wean? Or like, she nursed you- better. So it was easier. Like I could just like, she would nurse anywhere at all times. So that was a lot easier. I felt like I, I knew what was coming. So so I pumped a lot. My sister and I had babies within um, three months of each other the second time around. And she, before she got pregnant with Elliot, she had um, breast cancer and had a double mastectomy. Oh and she nursed her, her two boys for like a year. So she was really, really devastated that she wasn't going to be able to nurse Elliot. So I pumped um, as much milk and as much, um, what's the first thing called? Macon, or no, oh, uh, colostrum, colostrum. colostrum yeah. as much colostrum as much milk as I could, so that Elliot could at least have for the first month of his oh, life like so breast sweet. milk. Oh, that's so, I, so, so I pumped as much as I could, and then I ended up with a lot. And with Blake, I think I just I knew I did the research before, so I knew once it's time to do formula, yeah. this is what I'm gonna do, and I was prepared. And and of course, because I was. It's like you talk about like that mm-hmm. preparation, then things are less stressful. Like because I was prepared, once the time came, I didn't have this hang up about it. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm, I'm already ready. I've got it in the thing. So you know what? Today's the day. It's I, fine. I nursed uh, Rian until he was a year old, but I remember at around four months, he had a really, really bad da- dairy allergy, mm. and it was obviously from my milk. Like yeah. so, I couldn't have dairy, and it was this big coming of, uh, you know, come to Jesus moment. I was almost like, okay, do I stop? Because it was like a lifestyle change. Yeah. And I tried. I was like, you know what? I don't think I can change my lifestyle, um, so I'm going to try. Yeah, I can't give up that ice cream and cheese, no, but then, guys. But then it's crazy. Seriously, as you <laughs> grab another honk of cheese over there. Yeah, but then as you do it, I tried it once, and I was like, hell no. Like, I missed it so much, and I was like, I will change my diet for you. And it's so crazy because it's it's so interesting how without – like, without, if I'm trying to do a diet or something on my own, I can't do it, but they can will me into doing anything. You know what I mean? Like, I was willed into that, and I – did such a good dairy-free diet. I was like the best body of my life. It was amazing that my, wow. you know, the side effects, but I, I ended up doing it for a year. But then yeah, with Mila, because of travel and everything, I was only able to do it for about six months. But one thing I will never forget, and this is one of those things that I, I think you do have to actually understand it and have a relationship with it. But like, you know, it's obviously liquid, liquid gold when you have. Yeah. I remember going to Mexico when my son was five months old and they wouldn't, they, they they would not let me take the milk on that I had oh. pumped. It was at least what? four days worth of milk. No. We were there for four days. No. So you can imagine it was like over 40 ounces of milk. Over. Easily over 40 ounces of milk. I even had the oh. hotel stash it in the hotel fridge because I was like, it's not, our, you know, the inside, the rooms are yeah. not yeah, cold enough. enough. Yeah, not cold enough. So I made them stash up there and they made me throw it away. And I remember oh my God, I, can't I, I was like, in so I was crying so much, and I was like, that just all went away. You know, it was all gone. I would have just so crumbled to the floor. Yeah, and because everything that I had, you know, everything that was being used that I had saved up for the four yeah. days we were gone. By the way, that that should never happen. If anyone's listening, that is not. It's not. That's right. not TSA protocol. You should fight as hard as you but can. But in Mexico, your milk it depends. Do, no, I know. In in, yeah. in domestic, right, right, right. The milk doesn't need to be frozen. I would recommend it being frozen because that's how you can keep it past six hours. But if anyone's listening, do not ever let them make you do that if you're in the U.S. Well, sometimes, obviously, it's harder to keep it frozen if you're traveling, mm-hmm. like, to, you know, a hotel and not in a place where you can freeze it or whatnot. But, um, yeah, that. And then also number two was the second time around, you better believe I was, like, 
I'm sorry, get the F out of my way. No one's taking this milk from me. And I was that much more adamant. And I was like, you can search me. You can do whatever the hell you need to do. Like, this milk is coming with me. And And you're allowed to request them put on fresh gloves, which no one's ever had a problem with. They might have to test it, but... Oh, yeah. I always had my milk tested as yeah. though I was bringing something on the plane. But I really yeah, yeah, same care. here, yeah. same here. But Can, real, real quick, and if I've told you this story, please stop me. But when you're talking about pouring out those, this was a story that I like never got over. So Mike's best friend Bobby, his wife Michelle, nursed uh, like a lot, and she works at uh, a company that has like is the most supportive of women. They have like a whole separate nursing room and these fridges with containers yeah. for each mom, like really, really incredible. So she was nursing. She was trying to give create a storage of like six months to a year of extra milks that she could stop nursing and that um, Mm -hmm. Olivia would have enough milk. The entire freezer, they had a separate freezer. The entire freezer in their main part of the house was filled with just milk. The bags just stacked. It was like six months worth of milk. And Hurricane Sandy hit New York and they lost power for four days. Oh my gosh. And all the milk had to get thrown away. Oh my God. Could... You imagine, and like if you bring it up to her even now, she'll be like, I can't, mm, yeah. do not, like just the thought of it, she's like, we cannot, we can never speak of this because it was such That's an, so devastating. <laughs> oh my God, just the thought of it. So you guys, you know, um, I just finished saying how like really easy and swift my uh, birth was with Millie, but breastfeeding was so hard for me. Um, so I did breastfeed Millie 18 months, but. Whoa. The first three weeks, we, oh, it was just so difficult. And I'm so grateful for some of my mommy friends that would just tell me, who did struggle as well in the beginning, just tell me that, you know, just try to get through another week and so forth. And they were really encouraging me just to try to meet, um, like, a short-term goal that I had for myself. They weren't. But um, the first, so I, since Millie was 10 days early, my milk did not come in. And even though your baby, a newborn baby's stomach is the size of their eyeball, and everyone around me said she was fine. Um, my cholesterol really wasn't coming in. So she, so we, you know, we put her to nurse and barely anything was coming out. I immediately had Mr. A get the formula. So I'd already ordered formula. I was like, I'm not going to be one of those articles I read where the woman, the kid gets dehydrated or even worse. So I am all about formula. I am a breastfeeding mama, but I am all about 100%. formula. There are I... so many amazing formulas out there. Um, and so, yeah, Millie, we put her immediately on formula and then my milk came in and I was pumping nonstop and she was getting, you know, drips here and there, but, um, day three, it like fully came in and then we had that formula just in case we needed it. Awesome. Um, yeah. And I think it's like continued. the same thing that we were just talking about with birthing. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. how you birth the child. It's the same thing like with, with, as long as they're getting the nutrients they need in, in whichever way that's delivered through formula or nursing, there's not one way that's better or less effective you know what I mean like mm-hmm. science shows that it's just getting it done right so if yeah. you're comfortable with it and if you're happy with the way you're doing it it's then all power to you yeah no exactly. pressure so all right oh, okay shall we transition into products yes all right Ooh, I don't even know if I picked my product this week oh, so I'll start let me wing it yeah you guys go I will start um all right so when at the top of the episode we were talking about like Brandy saying you know I don't necessarily want to you know bring Millie with me when I have all these errands to run it's not like the best environment for her and and then, Ami, you talked about, like, what about single parents who don't have this option? So there is something um, that I use on a regular basis that I think is really a lifesaver. Clutch. Yeah, Clutch. I know what you're going to tell us about. It's called Instacart. If you do not use it, let me do a super quick explanation. Basically, it is a uh, grocery delivery 
system. It's an app or a website, however you want to do it. You can either pay per delivery, which I think is like $4 a delivery, or you can do the yearly, which is what I do. It's $99 for the entire year and it's completely free deliveries. You can tip if you want, but you don't have to tip. Um, I do, I do tip, but you do whatever you want. And <laughs> just so you guys just, know, just, uh, I mean, but you can, but you can also adjust the rate. So like, you don't have to tip 20%. You can tip like, it'll be a couple of bucks each time. Like it's right. up to you and you can do it through the app. But anyway, the best part about it is that not only obviously is the delivery service free, but you can you can join together multiple stores. So you can say, I need to get this stuff from Costco, this stuff from Ralph's, I need this stuff from you know Aldi or whatever your go-to places are. You type in your zip code, it will find the markets closest to you and what's available. There are a ton of stores available depending on the area that you live in, probably t at least 10, maybe 15 markets available. Um, the only one that's a bummer it doesn't include is like Trader Joe's, but otherwise like Gelson's, Erewhon's, CVS, Smart and Final, Petco, Sprouts, Ralph's, it is the I best. Know. I use it all the time. And because sometimes like I'm running to get the kids from school and, and I'm I like, I just it. don't want to stop at the market with them right now. Or today is finally a Saturday that Mike is off. We're hanging out. Yeah, I don't want to leave. That busy work. smart. I, so need to, I need to do that. I'll put a link down below that you guys can use to sign up for it if you want. It is such a lifesaver. And again, if you can do the yearly, if you can put forward the 99 right now and that's comfortable for you to do, do then you can do as you can do there's literally limitless orders a week so you could do one delivery every single day it's free delivery as long as you're spending more than $35 so it's just super simple and it will take that stress of like crap I didn't get to the market in time it just takes that away from you um by the way just a little PSA here uh because Orly just sold me on that none, none of the products that we are sharing with you guys are sponsored in any way these are our our sole opinions and just based off of what we've experienced and you know what we go by so just yeah. fyi in case you guys took because that was that was a good one really yeah you i use it i me. use it like a crazy person <laughs> i love it i love it um okay so i'm gonna go with mine sticking with the whole beauty stuff that i love uh so i use setting spray and a lot of people always ask like what the heck is setting spray why do you need it this and that so real reason you need setting spray you can put it on either before makeup and after makeup so it just really keeps everything in place what I like doing is using face mists, which are pretty much the same thing, but they can also refresh your skin throughout the day. So if you're just feeling a little dull, lackluster, and you just want a little pep in your step, you can put it on. So, um, and there are so many great ones out there, so many great ones. I like ones that kind of have like dual benefits. So Garnier Fructis has this one um, with rose, it's called Facial Rose Mist, and I love it because rose mm, water. I love a good rose mist. Oh my God, you guys, so this good. smells like heaven. I grew up using rose water all the time. My mom used to make me use it as a toner. So it balances your pH, which is always great, making sure you're not too acidic or low acidic. Um, and it just is a, it's an anti-inflammatory. So if you guys are prone to redness or acne prone, it's good for that. It's just such good stuff. And especially with the summer months here, you can spray that all around, keep it in your purse. Six bucks, guys. And it's if you guys stuff. remember a couple episodes ago, I talk about how I love my rose water spray. And I even use it oh, on yes, Millie. that's right. When she needs a minute. Yes. She just needs a little, like, you need a minute, you need to close your eyes. <laughs> and Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it can also be used as a way to discipline. It is. Or to reset your child. I love that. <laughs> reset. Reset and, and set. Reset. Do you, need, do you need a minute? Do you reset, reset your children and set your face. Well, someone just asked me on Instagram. They're like, what do you do? My daughter's been biting a lot and this and that. And how do you... You know, did Millie just go in her room and read by herself? Because I captured her having a little reading time. But guys, sometimes you just got to reset or you just need to look them in the face. I feel like the biggest thing is getting eye to eye with them and saying, yeah. do you need a minute? Mm -hmm. Do you need to just breathe on your own? Do you need to sit in your crib and read a book? Um, yeah, but I also love the little rose water too. Okay, so my favorite thing this week is our learning tower. 
So Mr. A actually did this awesome DIY toddler hack for it. So if you can picture this, um, I always post on Instagram, but it's basically a stool that we bought at Ikea and then my husband got wood from Home Depot and followed a hack that we found online to create this little counter height stool for Millie. So she climbs up, gets under the stool, and then she's uh, pretty safe, of course, with um, supervision. And so that's how she's able to help make her breakfast every morning, get her snacks, uh, be the same height as me-ish so that she can be involved um, in stuff we do at home. I really feel like a lot of the success I have with Millie as far as just being an awesome kid is because I involve her in a lot of things I do. Yeah. And this is a way for her to feel so respected and equal. Um, it's a super awesome hack. The link is going to be there. It's on my blog. However, you can find these learning towers online. They range from like $80 to $200. I found one that looks very similar to the one that we have for $89. It's on Prime. Uh, so you get that free one day shipping and um, if you don't feel like buying all the wood and stuff But I'm telling you this is one of my like favorite mommy Lifesavers and if you have more than one kid, they'll both use it. So those sure are check that out Those are the best my friend Ryan has one and it's just like you're saying not only Obviously like it's safer than her teetering on like sometimes I'll just like bring over a chair and mm -hmm. of course Blake goes flying um, but so not, you know, shocker, I haven't done the right thing, but, um, but I also love it because it's like, you're saying the excitement, even the, I'm sure the process for Millie of getting in it and knowing like something's about to happen on the counter, like there's a whole process, just probably what that signals to her is really like exciting. Well, someone asked me, they're like, my daughter's only a year. Oh my God. I can't wait till she's Millie's age. And I was like, you know, when Millie was a year, she couldn't walk. So I would even put her on the counter in a different stool that we had a safe, secure, sit me up stool. And she would just practice transfer work, transferring one fruit to another in a different bowl. I love so much that you call it transfer work. Yes, transfer work. I'm always work. like, she moved blueberries. It's not transfer work. <laughs> or I would hold her hand and she would help me stir or she would press it. the button on the KitchenAid. So freaking cute. Just get your kids involved. Oh. They just want to be like you, mom. Amazing. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, this was uh, This was a fun one. This was a good one. It's always fun. It's always fun. I mean, fun. always fun. You guys, don't forget to also check out our Instagram page. We're always adding more color to all our already colorful podcasts there. Mommy Group Pod is the name on Instagram. And if you can help us spread the word, we are all word of mouth. So hashtag this on your phone or if you're listening to it somewhere else, share it with a friend, share it on your social media, and subscribe, rate, review. That is just the biggest help. You have no idea. Yay. We love you guys. Bye, guys. See you next week.